The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of a series right now that I'm really having a great time teaching titled The Magic of Thinking Big, which is based upon the book of the same title by David J. Schwartz. This is a classic book who was written probably about 70 years ago now, and it is just full of nuggets. So, you know, my request is that while you're reading uh, while, or while you're going along with me while I'm teaching this text, I want you to please get the book. I mean, it, it's you can get this book anywhere. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on who's the publisher of this book, Simon & Schuster, who I think just got bought by a Penguin Group, I believe. But anyway, it's this is what it, it it's about. We want you to make sure that you have the tools you need to do what you need to do. That's what really counts in the long run. So I just want you to be present to that. So today I'm teaching chapter seven, manage your environment, go first class. Manage your environment, go first class. Now, when I first uh, started preparing for this lesson, I thought it was kind of funny because um the uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman was always known for saying, I go first class. Everything I do is first class. And often I wonder, because I never asked her, did she actually get that theme from this book or was it her own divine inspiration? Because this is one of the books that I know she liked. Uh, and it used to be taught in the Johnny Coleman Institute back in the day. And she was just so, she would just talk about it all the time. You know, hey, don't bring me in to speak if you can't fly me first class, if you can't uh, put me up in, you know, in a first class, you know, hotel suite and things of that nature. And when you asked her about it, why does she have such a stance about first class? I'm not saying what you should or shouldn't do. First of all, let me be clear. What you do with your money and what it means to you is totally determined by what you think about it by nobody else's opinion. So let me just be clear about that because, you know, there could be a lot of variables going on with that where, you know, somebody said, you know, champagne taste and beer money. So I think there is wisdom to anything. However, her explanation to others would be, I'm working on my consciousness to accept God's unlimited good. And that was her method of doing it. Let me be clear. That was her method of doing it. Some other people might not have cared about, you know, you know, you know, having a condo on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. Some other people might view prosperity as them having a nice, you know, camper and driving to Wyoming and going camping. Everybody's perspective about prosperity prosperity is different. Everybody's perspective of what it means to go first class could look 
a little different than the next person. And I do want to make sure I get that across before I jump into this chapter, because without it, you might have some context that might be a, a little off because you might be trying to live somebody else's life. For instance, you know, I wouldn't think anything about traveling to Asia and, and practicing martial arts or Tai Chi in some, uh, you know, Buddhist temple. That's not prosperity for some other people. I, I just want you all just to allow that to land. There's some people who don't care about, you know, you know, cars and jewelry, and there are people who really do. It depends on the individual. The main thing is to have a first-class consciousness. And once you determine what that means to you, maintain the expectation and the level of life that you, so you don't start to accept or expect something that is below what you believe uh, is possible for you. Now, let's keep going. Let's go right to page 147. And I'm just going to jump right in to the bottom paragraph when he wrote, the body is what the body is fed. By the same token, the mind is what the mind is fed. Mm. Mind food, of course, doesn't come in packages and you can't buy it at the store. Mind food is your environment. All the countless things that influence your conscious and subconscious thought. The kind of food, excuse me, the kind of mind food we consume determines our habits, attitudes, personality. Each of us inherited a certain capacity to develop. By how much of that capacity we have developed and the way we have developed that capacity depends on the kind of mind food we feed it. Now, let me just stop here because as I'm reading this to you, I'm thinking about a cartoon commercial that used to play in the 70s when I used to watch Saturday morning cartoons. Remember when that was a thing? If you're old enough, some cartoons you can never watch until Saturday morning. And, you know, I can remember growing up and I would turn on ABC, which is Channel 7 in Chicago. And my dad and I would watch, you know, Scooby-Doo or the Super Friends, you know, or the Battle of the Super Friends. They had different versions of the Super Friends, which was like Superman, Batman or whatever. But every once in a while, they would have these different commercials that would, that would teach kids a lesson. And one of the commercials was a commercial that said, uh, you are what you eat. And it would go on and explain how food is broken down in the body in song and rhyme. You are what you eat from your head down to your feet. And it would go right through the body explaining how what you put in your mouth literally turns into the cells in your body. Well, your mental, your mental environment, what you think and feel, is being impressed by your physical environment. It makes a difference. Who you, who you hang around, where you hang, what you expose your mind to, all of those things have an impact on what you can and can't do. It's like I told uh, a young person recently, probably earlier this month, who was telling me about some issues that the person was having in school. 
and I said, tell me about your friends. Are they good students? No, they're not good students. You know, and then explained to me each individual person and their academic struggles. And I said, well, there you go. You might need to start, you know, having some study sessions with the smart kids in school. Now, this is not dissing anybody and calling somebody dumb. The issue was there are people who put forth pride and effort in being excellent academically. And there are those who don't. Now, that is, that's not a judgment on a person's being. But if you hang around a bunch of poor students, it's a high probability that some of their lazy ways can brush off on you because birds of a feather really do flock together. Dennis Kimbrough, the great author who writes about black wealth, he wrote the book Black Wealth, I believe, and Think and Grow Rich and Black Choice and What Makes the Great Great. He once said in a Panorama of Truth conference that was at years ago, if you hang around nine broke people, you might end up being the 10th. Or you might be the 10th. It was one or the other. And that's always stuck out to me because when you're around achievers, they push you to want to be great. I can remember, and I'm, I'm just talking about first class. It's, this is still in context. I can remember, you know, when I finished the teacher training program, teacher counselor training program is what it was called back then in the Johnny Coleman Institute to apply to get licensed as a teacher in the Universal Foundation for Better Living. It, you know, I, I walked into an environment at, at Christ Universal Temple and in JCI that was quite unique. You know, it's 4,000 members, 4,000 plus members who are showing up on a monthly basis, you know, week to week. People standing around the, you know, you know, it's a 3,000 seat chapel before we had, uh, when we had pew seats, you can get more people. We have theater style seats since uh, around that time, maybe mid to late 90s, we went to theater style seats. But anyway, people were standing around the walls of the balcony on the main floor and it was probably a thousand students in the Johnny Coleman Institute because I can remember there were times when the, the Reverend Joe Hill, when I was taking classes, it seems as though he would have 200 people in class. It was like the whole faith chapel upstairs will be full for those who've been to Christ Universal Temple. You know what I'm talking about. And that was just one class. So I'm in the mindset of when I had my opportunity to start teaching in 97, once I got my license, I was like, you know what? This is the this is the first class. This is a first class organization when it comes to teaching new thought to help people live a better life. I am going to focus on being the best, and I would tell all of my teachers and my peers, nobody's out studying me. I would tell uh, Reverend Coleman, no one is going to out study me. I would tell the Reverend Dr. Helen Carey who's the head of the Johnny Coleman Institute and the executive minister. She actually sits in the roles I now occupy. Nobody's out studying me because I knew that 
on a roster, and I'm just going to name drop a few people, not everybody, but with a name, with a roster, with like some of the names I've already mentioned, like the Reverend Carries and people who uh, taught like uh, Reverend Joe Hill, who, who once I came on, left and started his own ministry, um, you know, and the Reverend Dr. Winston Johnson and the Reverend Evelyn Boyd and the Reverend Herbert Lasseter and all of these really popular teachers. I said, you know what? They're not going to catch me slipping. I'm going to make sure that I'm ready. And I, and I was dogged and determined to make sure that I kept up with my pace. So I've always had that mentality when it comes to being around the best people. Because when you are around people who are really good at what they do, it should inspire you. It inspires me to give my best when my buddies and I would play basketball. It was a lot of friends of mine that, that were better basketball players than me. But I was out there working hard because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be the weak link on the team when we were playing people. That's what it takes to be excellent. You have to maintain that first-class mentality. All right? All right. So he talks about how the mind is influenced. And he, he gives uh, some points that I think that is mindful. He says on page 147, the mind reflects what its environment feeds it just as surely as the body reflects the food you, you feed it. Now, when the body is not showing up the way it needs to show up because of diet, uh, whether that's malnutrition or being a little bit too zealous in eating, it shows up physically. You can't hide it. Well, guess what? Universal law says you can't hide what's in your consciousness. You are a mental field that is always fulfilling itself. You are a mental field that is always fulfilling itself. Which means consciousness is what I am. Life is consciousness. What I radiate, I attract. And what you radiate is influenced by your environment. All right. Moving on. So he wrote, have you ever thought what kind of person you would be if you had been reared in some foreign country instead of the United States? Now, some people obviously don't live in the United States who listen to this podcast. The point is, if you were raised in another country around a different religion, around different cultural standards, how would you show up? You know, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, the religion that you practice, if you practice it, is very, uh, is, is connected, I'm going to say very, but it's connected to your environment, your family, the city or town or village you live in, the nation you live in, what's accepted around you. When I was growing up, uh, African-Americans in the Chicagoland area were primarily, from my perspective as a child, either what we call, when I was growing up, sanctified, which is now most people call Pentecostal, or they were Baptist, or a version of it. So a version of being Pentecostal or a version of being Baptist. I really wasn't around a lot of black Catholics. I didn't know even though Reverend Coleman's church was literally like blocks away from where I grew up, 
maybe five to six, seven blocks. And I wasn't aware of new thought or metaphysics or anything of that nature, even though my mom was studying it. But my environment said fundamentalist Christianity is Christianity. And, you know, so when somebody showed up that was a little different and they had different beliefs, you know, we had to work that out. So, for instance, in my neighborhood growing up, there were people who were a part of uh, who are Muslim. So, you know, we would have conversations and different types of Muslims, Orthodox Muslims, uh, Nation of Islam Muslims. It was some people down the street. It used to be a place near uh, one of my grammar schools where there were uh, the, uh, the, the Moorish, it was like a Moorish temple. So those things require different conversations like, oh, okay. What do you believe? Why do you believe that? And that that helps manage your environment because you think sometimes that what you do and what you believe and how you do a thing is the way it should be done. There's some people who are raised around gang banging, criminal behavior and other things, and that's the norm. And then we wonder why they fall into the things they fall into because they they are a part or born into or cultured or raised around things that are not necessarily productive for their well-being. And then we'll just say, okay, well, they just had choices without realizing that their paradigm is smeared. They can't see all of the possibilities you see because they're not coming from the same frame of mind. They're not coming from the same point of view. It takes a little bit harder to work through that process, just like somebody who might be born with uh, a, you know, a, a, a multimillionaire parent who teaches them how to create businesses and money versus being somebody who was born in a project uh, area who has to struggle and fight to, out of that environment just to be able to have a different type of mindset. Yes, you can strive past it, but you got to fight to get out. And I don't mean literally physically fight all the time. And for those who have been raised in those type of environments, sometimes that means literally fight out of that environment. The environment impresses what's around you. You have to protect your environment at all costs. You know, I can remember talking to my dad and uh, to him telling me that when he, he was a little boy, that how my grandmother would have to walk him because they he lived in, grew up in the projects of Chicago, he, he and his siblings with, with his parents. Walking his, walking him to school with his siblings with her gun out, so the gangs wouldn't mess with her children. She was trying to make a statement. Now, picture what type of impression that does to the subconscious mind of a youth that you're in an area that's so dangerous that your mother, all four foot ten of her, has to walk you to school with her pistol. Showing, manage your environment. Manage your environment. You can't, you you know, that has long-term consequences, which we're not going to get into now. Now, let's flip this. I'm giving this context because I really want you to get, this is not just about, okay, your goal achievement. Yes, it's everything. Because you can look at life and start paying attention to environment and seeing how environment influences thinking, and you can and you can see how those things work out. I remember seeing a, a, a young lady who um, 
went away to college freshman year, got pregnant. I was like, oh, okay, you know, by some, not by some boy who still lived in the neighborhood. I guess you came home and that's what happened. But what was interesting to me was this. Four of her friends got pregnant within the same amount of months. All within a four month, three to four month uh, window, all of them got pregnant. I was like, oh, environment, environment. It's like a group of people. Oh, okay. This group of people who hang out, man, they have their own businesses. They're entrepreneurs. They're uh, they're stri- you know, you know, striving to succeed. They're successful managers supervisors or whatever they have oh that group is hanging out too a lot of times it's just the expectation of the environment and the excuses sometimes the environment will give you be careful of the excuses that your environment will give you I can't emphasize that enough your excuses will give you I mean, your environment will give you excuses of why you can't get it done, why it's okay. When you have higher ideas and ideals, when you have goals, when you have dreams, when you have visions, when you want a better life, when you want a first-class experience, and you are allowing, allowing, you are permitting your environment to give you a way out. I'm just just bringing it up. We don't realize how much our environment shapes us. He wrote uh, in the book about how the environment shapes us, makes us think the way we do. He talks about habits and ways and mannerisms we pick up from others. You know, when I sit like on a couch, I normally will cross my legs just like my maternal grandfather. Almost all the time. Same leg and everything. That's how it affects you. He even wrote relatively relatively minor things like the way we walk, cough, hold a cup, our preferences for music, literature, entertainment, clothing, all stem in very large part from environment. That doesn't mean it's not totality, but it has a large influence on how you think. So he goes on to say, more important, the size of your thinking, your goals, your attitudes, your very personality is formed by your environment. You just think, oh, this is the way I am. No. Situations and experiences impacted your consciousness, sometimes negative experiences, and you say, that'll never happen again, or I'll never put myself in that position again. Say, for instance, you um, you were in an environment that did not necessarily culture, uh, you know, proper communication and, uh, and a feeling, emotional feeling of safety. You might have personality quirks that you might need to get help to address just because it's so embedded in your subconscious mind. All right? So he goes on to say, prolonged association with negative people makes us think negatively. Close contact with petty individuals develop petty habits in us. On the bright side, companionship with people with big ideas raises the level of of our thinking. Close contact with ambitious people gives us ambition. People often ask me, like, why are you, you know, you know, you travel and you go to seminars and workshops 
you know, and you know this material already. And I'll tell them, and this is honest, this is my honest opinion. One, I go because I need to make sure I'm staying fed. If you give so much out, you have to make sure you take in. That's one. Two, I want to do it in an environment where I don't have to be Reverend McDowell all the time. I can just go there and be Galen. Three, and most importantly, I love being around people who are hungry for more. I love it. Just being around people who just want to demonstrate or manifest more good in their lives. They want to transform their lives. They want to make an impact in their community. They want to be the reason why nobody has to be broke in their family. Uh, and I don't mean just carrying your whole family. You know what I mean when I say that, meaning that you got you, you, your spouse or significant other, your children and grandchildren, you're the reason why everything ha can be different. You're the reason. I love being around those type of people, people who are ambitious, people who are ready to start businesses, people who are ready to go out and challenge the world, people who are dedicated to self-improvement. That type of energy is contagious. That's why when you go around those type of environments, it's so uplifting because you're around people who are hungry. You know, as Les Brown used to say, you got to be hungry. Hungry people are contagious. But realize that Negative, pessimistic, and resigned people are also contagious. This is why you have to manage, manage, manage your environment. You know, I can remember me and some buddies went to go uh, visit somebody. And when I walked into the house, and I start talking to some of the people we were visiting. Energetically, it didn't feel right. So I told them, I, look, I got something I got to do. I'll catch up with you all later. And I left. And later on, I called my buddies and I said, you know, energetically, it didn't feel right being there. And the conversation that we were having energetically didn't feel right. So I just left. Because some people are so negative that even a super positive person like me might be like, oh, what's this is affecting my, me energetically. So I just want you to be mindful that you have to stay on guard and protect your mind. We got to take our break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Let me give my quick commercial before we get back to the book. First commercial is... You can watch the Sunday service uh, of Christ Universal Temple on Facebook or YouTube. Go to the Christ Universal Temple uh, page on Facebook or the YouTube page, CU Temple. On, and you can also go to the website, which is www.cutemple.org, and watch the Sunday service from 1030 a.m. until noon Central Time. 
I'm actually preaching this Sunday. So if you have an opportunity, tune in. Um, I'm teaching the strength for such a time as this. I think you definitely want to hear this lesson. It's, it's my reflection on all that is going on in the year 2020. Also want to remind you that we have a Facebook Live Noonday lesson, Monday through Friday, Christ Universal Temple Facebook page. So if you want to hear a lesson, about a 30, 40 minute lesson, Monday through Friday, based upon our daily inspiration for Better Living periodical, make sure you check in. You will get some good lessons. Uh, the Reverend Marjorie Cook, uh, our COO, Attorney Gavin Jackson, and myself teach those lessons and I think they've been beneficial to people. Check them out. See for yourself. We also want you to make sure that you follow the Truth Transforms Facebook page. So if you go to Truth, if you go to Facebook and you search Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, the page will pop up. My request is that you like the page, that you write a positive review, and that you give it a five-star rating. It helps with the algorithms. And if you are listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, or any other podcast app, my request is that you give it a five-star rating, write a positive review, or whatever else you can to promote it, because it helps with the algorithms. It helps us get this message out in front of people. And if you're listening to the show and it helps you, share it on your social media. You know, let people know about it. Don't keep me hidden let the world know about me so my request my humble request is for you to share this message that is helping you i want to make sure that this message of empowerment that we call new thought is all over the world and making impacts in every city town and village but we need your help to make sure we get the message out. All right. So back to the book, back to the book, page 147. I haven't gotten past page two of this chapter, but I really like this book. So let's rock and roll. We're going to get as much as we can in today. Experts agree that the person you are today, your personality, ambitions, present status in life, are largely the result of your psychological environment. And experts agree also that the person you will be in 1, 5, 10, 20 years from now depends almost entirely on your future environment. You will change over the months and years. This we know. But how you will change depends on your future environment, the mind food you feed yourself. Wow. You're going to change. And the thing that will direct your psychological environment that will produce the change or the actions will be your environment, what you are feeding yourself. This is why we tell people meditate, pray, visualize, you know, read your holy scriptures that inspire and uplift humanity. Read your self-help books. Listen to podcasts and things like this show. What are they doing? It's helping you do what you have to do. Go to the seminars. Take the class. Go to the conference. Why? Again, it's good to be around hungry people. Even if you're you know, in this current environment where you have to do it via 
Zoom or some other online format, webinar format, do what you have to do to maintain your consciousness. Because what you might not realize is this, even if you're sitting alone on in an empty temple overseas somewhere, wherever overseas is for you, you're being impacted also by the dominant states of mind in human consciousness. And some of that stuff is great and some of it it isn't because not only do you radiate and attract, but consciousness is also a receiver. What do I mean by being a receiver? Have you ever walked into a home or an environment, just like I mentioned before the break, where you energetically knew something was off? We have statements like, you could cut the tension with a knife. It's a metaphor to explain how, how we feel, even though there is no necessary visual clues. So everybody could be acting phony and smiling and all of that type of stuff. But energetically, you know that it is off. That's what I mean. So consciousness is also a receiver. And you're picking up things around you all the time. So if I said to you, pay attention right now to everything that is blue around you. All of a sudden, blue just becomes alive. All of a sudden, you start seeing blue where you never saw blue before. You just start looking around. You, you look up. You look down. You you look around. You look on your clothes. You, you look, you know, you know, what's on your desk or in your couch or or the paint on the wall. Look for everything that's blue. Just notice how you became aware of it. Now, here's the thing. Blue was already affecting your consciousness, and you didn't know it. So if I said, okay, now pay attention to red. Find everything that's red around you. And all of a sudden, you start looking around. You start realizing, man, there's so much red around me. That's how it, so, but red was already affecting you unconsciously. Now, I'm not going to stay here because we have too many, I have too much material I have to cover, but I do want you to realize that you're always receiving impressions and your conscious thinking mind is filtering most of it out, but it doesn't mean that some of it is not impressing your subconscious mind. This is why people will do things in groups, good, bad, or indifferent, that they wouldn't do normally. People get a lot of courage when they're in a group, good, bad, and indifferent. Sometimes the courage to do positive things and sometimes the courage to do negative things. My mentality is a real thing. So pay attention to your environment. All right, so let's recondition ourselves for success. Page 148. The number one obstacle on the road to high-level success is the feeling that major that the major accomplishment is beyond reach. Now, some people don't think it's possible for them. So you have to be unreasonable. Let me read something. Um, I wrote a, a, a page in the 2021 Mastermind Journal. 20, yeah, 2021 Mastermind Journal. It, you know, if you look it up. This is one of the tools I use just to stay on track. Um, designed by Jack Bomar. Anyway, the Mastermind Journal by Renaissance Unity, I believe. Anyway, so if you look up 
the month of June, which is my birth month, I wrote this about success. It's called Be Unreasonable. When you choose to pursue your goals and dreams, you're also deciding to become unreasonable about your success. There are many reasons why you cannot achieve a particular goal. However, you you must be determined to trust the desires God has placed in your heart. Your goals deserve to be demonstrated and your spiritual resolve will make it happen. By being unreasonable, you are living your life through your spiritual power of faith. You see the unlimited potential of your ideas, dreams, and goals. You understand that you are the conduit of the divine impulse and intention of the universe to bring those ideas into expression. You have the courage to stand firm in your conviction that your dream is already yours and you will not be tempted to believe otherwise. Being unreasonable means that you love yourself enough to hold the consciousness of what you desire in your heart. You think about your goal with love and you feel lovingly about it. Love is a magnet that draws our good to us by right of consciousness. When you are being unreasonable, you are unstoppable. You vigorously work in integrity, honesty, and wisdom to abundantly manifest your desires. You will not listen to the detractors and you dismiss your past and precedents. You get desired results because you are focused, powerful, and passionate about living your dreams. If you want that quote, you can get the Mastermind Journal. Again, uh, it's sold by the uh, Church Renaissance Unity. The 2021 Mastermind Journal as designed by Jack Bolin. All right. Okay, so let me get back to the book. I read that because that's part of being successful. It takes faith to be unreasonable about your good. It takes faith to be unreasonable to push through for your breakthrough. You have to be unreasonable enough to believe that even though you've had breakdowns, you can get breakthroughs, that you've had breakdowns, but you can get your blessings. You have to be unreasonable. All right. So we have to guard ourselves from um, some things. So he had, he, he did um, what he calls um, reconditioning yourself for success and what happens to people when they uh, fall into the trap of not believing they can succeed. The first group, those who surrender completely. Those are folks who just like, you know what, they just give up. They give up on their dreams and goals. Now they're living vicariously through their children or through other people, but they don't really believe that it's possible for them. Now, most people won't say it because they don't want criticism from their uh, peers. You know, yes, you know, you know, they don't want to, t- to tell you they don't believe they can have a happy relationship or the money they want or the career they desire or the sense of fulfillment and purpose. They won't say it directly all the time. But if you if you have a listening ear, you can hear them say it. Hey, you know. You know, you know, are, are you out there dating? Are you doing anything? Oh, man, I'm just focused on myself right now. I, you know, I don't have time for all of that. You know, I'm just trying to get my good, get my money, get my whatever. Sometimes that's true. A lot of times it's um, I don't want to put the investment into that anymore. I don't know if I have real faith that 
I can find somebody that I want to be with and who will treat me right. See, see, it's it's subtle. People say one thing, but they mean something else. Second group, those who surrender partially. Those are some folks that are, okay, well, I can have some of the stuff I want, but other things I don't go for. It's a lot of fear based upon these both these two groups. It's a lot of fear, a fear of getting hurt, a fear of being disappointed, a fear of striving for what you want and then not getting it. Disappointment will 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 really restrict your ability to achieve. The third group, those who never surrender. Like, okay, I'm going for this, I'm doing it. You know, it's one of the reasons why uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the movies they make with the Captain America, the Thors, and the Iron Mans with Robert Downey Jr. and all of those, that, you know, I, I, I love the Chris Evans Captain America character because, you know, he, he had the mentality of wanting to be a soldier, even though he wouldn't, they didn't want him to be in it. And they, when he got in, uh, he, he showed more heart, even though he was exceptionally tiny. And of course, those know the story. Captain America got the super soldier serum, made him bigger, taller, and all that other good stuff. However, it it wasn't the super soldier serum that made him Captain America. It was his consciousness. Because a lot of people could have gotten that serum and they wouldn't end up being the same person. And that's why it's necessary. So I love in the movies when you say, I could do this all day. I love that statement because he's saying I will do whatever it takes to uphold the values of of what he stood for and what he believed in as far as being a superhero and protecting the people. I can do this all day. All right. All right. So you have to be in, in, in the group that says I'm fighting off these negative impressions. I'm staying away from the environments that don't promote my wholeness i'm staying away from negative pessimistic and resigned people and some people you gotta love with a long handled spoon that's my grandmother's way of saying from a distance and she would say that to me all the time as a little boy because she understood that there could be people who you love that you can't be around a lot that you have to take in small portions because if you're around them too much they could be a negative influence on your life all right. All right. So let me jump over to uh, page 154. This was interesting because this is one of the things that people don't like, but it still happens today. This book was written in the 50s and it's still happening today. Make no mistake about it, you are judged by the company you keep. Birds of a feather do flock together. You know, I can remember years ago telling someone um, that uh, I, I knew that I was pretty sure her son was gangbanging. And because I'm like, look, all these people around him doing the gangbanger hand signs, handshakes, fingers, this, that, twist, this, twist, that. Um, 
hat going in one direction or another and a certain language that you use at times that are, that's very consistent with particular gangs in Chicago. And uh, she's like, no, not my son. I'm like, mm, you're not paying attention. Look at all of them. Now, you can talk about your, your, your you know, middle-class environment with two parents and not pay attention to who your son is around, who he's hanging with. Because, you know, so even if he doesn't do anything else, just pay attention. You know, it, it was it was kind of funny when growing up, we start talking about environment where, and it's different now, I realize, but, you know, maybe, you know, we can find a way to make sure that we still do the best we can for, uh, well, my mom knew all, knew all of my friends' parents growing up. And even when I was a teenager, she was looking, you know, pre-cell phone, she was looking for me. She knew, okay, if I can't find them at the park, I can go to these different homes or whatever and, and pretty much find my son. Why? Because it was important for her to know if I'm over at this house hanging out, who are these people? And not only who are they, who do they allow around them? Because they could be okay, okay, quote unquote, but the people they allow around them, their friends, their family might end up being a negative influence or even a, a, a predator in the influence. I'll leave that there. All right. So page 155, he wrote, a special word of caution. Be careful about your source of advice. I can't speak enough about this. This is managing your environment going first class. Be careful who you listen to. Now, don't be so close-minded that you can't learn from people. But everybody's opinion isn't equal. All opinions are not equal. If my elbow hurts, I'm not going to just listen to somebody who doesn't know anything about anatomy. I'm going to go to a doctor. You know, it doesn't make sense. Uh, Joseph Murphy wrote years ago, obviously because he's been deceased for quite some time, that um, going to your family for marital advice is like going to a carpenter to get your teeth fixed. Be careful of your source of of advice. You know, I often joke about this in the martial art world because everybody wants to be Mr. Miyagi in the martial art world. Their sensei, their sifu, their instructor, their guru, uh, who's a fantastic martial artist, wants to be the life coach of their students at times. And there are times when they don't know what the heck they're talking about. And you can be a person who is really good at one thing and you're not as good at something else. Be careful who you listen to about relationships, about money, about success, about well-being, about health. Be careful. Be mindful. I'm just saying, be mindful. Be mindful of your, uh, be careful of your source of advice. You know, because there are people who will try to tell you to do something even when it doesn't affect them. For instance, um, you know, you know, I I stopped uh, drinking alcohol 27 years ago. You know, which means, of course, I was drinking alcohol a little too early. However, I stopped 
when I was old enough to do it, I was basically like, oh, okay, I'm stopping doing this because I just wanted the clarity of my mind. And so I have people just sometimes, oh, you can have a drink. What does that being a minister got to do? And this okay, whatever. I'm like, how does this affect you? Whether I choose what I choose to do or not do, how does that affect you? Like, like, uh, am I suffering <laughs> because I don't want to have a glass of wine, a beer, or drink? That's that's ridiculous. Be mindful that people will try to get you to do something different just because. I'm not giving a reason. Just because. I don't need so. So I tell people all the time. I'm high on life. I don't need that. If you if you like that, you desire it, and that's your experience, go for it. Anything that I don't want to be around, I don't want to be around. Anything I don't want to do, I don't do. And I don't care what other people think. Go first class. Okay. He goes on to say on page 156, make it a rule to seek advice from people who know. Make sure you, if you are seeking to get information on how to do a thing go to people who know what they're talking about if you're trying to get something done go to the people who can get it done you don't just go talk to somebody talk to when you go to the store and you want something done you can't get it done you ask for the manager why because the manager can make the decision to make it happen we talk to the wrong people we talk to the wrong people we're talking to the cashier about why the bathrooms aren't clean at, at, at the local store. Talking to the wrong people. You want stuff done, you got to ask advice or you got to talk to the right people. All right. I'm jumping. Um, he gives a couple of things about how you can expand your social environment. Page 160. Do circulate in new groups. In other words, go try on some different hats. In other words, go around some different things and see how being in different environments can help expand your consciousness. Two, do select friends who have different views from your own. In other words, so you can just get some different perspectives. That, you know, sometimes we just want compliance versus perspective. Number three, do select friends who stand above petty, unimportant things. In other words, uh, just don't get stuck in those conversations only where the whole conversation is uh, talking about somebody else or other negative things. You know, talk about, you know, I love being around people when they're talking about their ideas. But a lot of people don't share their ideas because they're so used to being in environments where people try to tear ideas down. So protect your ideas. If you find yourself sharing ideas and people are always shooting them down, be mindful. Now, there's a difference between shooting an idea down and giving counsel. For instance, there are some people who ha don't have they haven't developed, rather, the habits, the skills, and the talents to produce what they say they want to produce. Okay, and it's okay to tell people, okay, to do this, then, you, you know, you got to clean this up. Some people don't want to hear that. That's a different conversation for another day. All right. Uh, then he gives some other conversations about first class. Now, so let me just kind of wrap this up in a minute and a half. Manage your environment. Be mindful. Go first class. Be mindful of how you dress. Even if you're in jeans or gym shoes or jogging suit, clean. Make sure it's, it's nice looking. It's not raggedy. First class. Regardless of the automobile you're driving, make sure it's clean on the inside out. You might not be able to afford what you want right now, but make sure that sucker's clean, that car's clean, that makes inside it out, that it's that it got a wax job or whatever else it needs. Keep it clean. 
if you have a, a mansion or a studio apartment, keep it clean. Make sure it looks first class, that it reflects what you want reflected to the world. So when you show up in your home, and it, if it, even if it's only you, it reflects what you want to see. Be mindful of it. Go first class. Keep your work environment nice, clean. Go first class. Go first class. Uh, read first class material. Keep your mind on first class habits. Read what prosperous people read. Subscribe to the pros to the financial magazines. Read what people who are doing what you want to do. Uh, uh, find out what they read. Find out what they do. I can never forget telling a person who was a manager, uh, a sales floor manager for for a car dealership. Find out what the president and the vice presidents read. And I gave him a book to read, and he did, he never read it. I gave him an audio book. And then one day he had to visit the vice president and the physical book of the audio that book that I gave him was sitting on the man's desk. And this man, this was years ago. This was probably 20 years ago. The man was making a half a million dollars a year. And he was like, man, how can I get there? Well, I just gave you something. I gave you exposure to what this man is feeding his mind. So we got to wrap up because I've run out of time now. But next week, we're going to cover Make Your Attitudes Your Allies. And if you're on Facebook, check me out today. I'll be on at noon, like Christ Universal Temple's Facebook page. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.